Hello, welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill, this is episode 199. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. Guess who's here again? Mr. SpongeBob. It's Henry. Third, SpongeBob. Third week. You know what? I'm going to call you Henry. I make, I make Krabby Patties. Okie doke. He's back again for the third week in a row. And live in Pineapple. What under c- the sea. What makes you come back all these times, Henry? I don't know. I have nothing else to do except play on my tablet. <coughs> Fair enough. All right. Speaking of people who have nothing better to do. Gonna prove that the world is flat in his rocket ship. Or else he'll go splat. He's Mad Mac Hughes. Mad Mac Hughes. Why don't you tell everybody who Mad Mike is, Henry? He's his name is Mad. Uh, his name is Mike. His dad's name is Hughes, and he's mad. And he crashed into a rocket and almost died. The end. That's a pretty good summary. Yeah. Not much happening on the Mad Mike. Facebook page, the Rocket Man movie page, posted on November 6th. Should, I'm pretty sure I already said this in the last episode, but we should make a, we should watch the Rocket Man. We'll see. We should, all, we should watch both of the Rocket Man movies. <laughs> well, yes, the only one, one of them. And John, and the one about fl- the Flat Earth. Only one of them has anything to do with the Flat Earth. You might be able to watch that one, but the other one, I don't think you're quite ready for. Anyway, the Rocket Man Mad Mike's Mission to Proof the Flat Earth page on Facebook posted, Astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson breaks down his thoughts on Flat Earther movement. What do you think? Neil deGrasse Tyson thinks the Earth is flat. Just listen to the quote, Henry. Quote, I think that the rise of the Flat Earthers is evidence of two things. One, we live in a country that protects free speech. Two, we have a failure of our educational system. Neil deGrasse Tyson. It's Gallifrey! Yeah, I think we talked about this last week. Uh, Henry's looking at the October 31st post of the sun. Gallifrey. He observed Mm -hmm. that it looks like uh, the home planet. It's a Photoshop of of Gallifrey. The home planet of the Time Lords. Let's see. Seems like we talk a lot of Mad Mike. It seems like we talk about Mad Mike Hughes in the actual toy game. Like, basically. It seems like we talk the same amount. About Mad Mac Hughes in the actual Atari game in one episode, in one podcast. Sometimes. No updates on the Mad Mike Hughes website since October 14th, when he was in Wilmington on his journey th- across I-40. He probably stopped at a Hilton. Okay, why? Because he got bored. And then but, he probably went to a casino. But why And Hil- lost all his money. Why Hilton? I don't know. All right. He has a weird obsession with Hilton. The Flat Earth Community Rocket Launch page on GoFundMe still has the same amount as last week, $8,371. There's a page, though, I well, the Mad Mike Hughes GoFundMe, I think, might have gone up a few dollars. They're still only at 160 out of 2.5 million. They want to make 2.5 million? They're at 160. That was the stated goal. So not much change there, if any. Uh, basically... Things in the Mad Mike Hughes camp are pretty quiet right now. Uh, I guess that means the Earth is still round. No dragons for us today. Sorry, what Henry. Do you mean? In old times, when mm-hmm. people, when like 
most people thought the Earth was flat. Yeah. When they would draw maps of what people thought the Earth looked like, a lot of times they would draw dragons on the edges because no one really knew what was out there, and they figured it must be bad. So to represent that, they would draw dragons. Um, well, it don't... If the Earth is flat, if the Earth is flat, how does it fit on a 3D globe? Mm-hmm. And flat. Well, there you go, Henry. Or there you go, Mad Mike. Answer that. But also, if the Earth is flat, also if the Earth sits around, how does it fit on a 2D piece of paper? Yeah. Technically, the Earth, technically, paper is 3D. It's just it's so flat. It just it so. You just blew my mind, Henry. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. 3D. Uh, you got me, Henry. I don't know. All right. Do you have anything else to say about Mad Mike? No. Yeah, me either. Let's, uh... Under the game. Gonna prove that the world is flat In his rocket ship Or else he'll go splat He's Mad Mike Hughes Mad Mike All right. Do you have any other news today to talk about, Henry? No. My news list is pretty empty today. It's, uh, well, it's November. We talked about that. It's not Thanksgiving yet, but it's, yeah. this episode's going out. Wait. It's a couple weeks before Thanksgiving. Wait, what day is Thanksgiving two weeks away? Well, from when this episode is going out. No, from today. Well, from today? Mm-hmm. Uh, what is today? One, two... About two and a half weeks from now. Oh. So that means when by the time people are hearing this, it's about a week and a half away. So, you know, happy early Thanksgiving, everybody. I want to get some bread. All you turkeys listening to the episode. Watch out. Yeah, get I into hiding. I you. Maybe turn off your podcast players because you don't want to call attention to yourselves. But finish listening to this episode first. I want to eat turkey. First, got to do a podcast, Henry. Okay. All right. Well, let's get on to this week's game. This week's game is... Construction Worker. No, take two. Construction Worker Blueprint. It's just called Blueprint. No, it's not. It's from CBS Electronics, 1982. It was made by CBS, the news station? Well, CBS Electronics, they made stuff, like video games. And the news station equipment. We're using the joystick for this one. The I manual- don't like it. The manual gives us a little cast of characters and a premise. The premise is, chivalry is not dead. That nasty old troll, Ollie Ogre, is at it again. He's chasing poor Daisy Damsel all across the neighborhood. So what are you waiting for, hero? Get out there and stop him. You have the blueprint, plans, for the only contraption that can knock him off. Yeah, you're also robbing people from your houses. I don't think so. Because you're going inside their house and getting Oh, you are. Well, yeah, yar, actually. All you need now, according to the manual, are the parts with which to build it, and they're hidden in the houses of the neighborhood. What you don't need are the bombs you may pick up and encounter with fiendish, and encounters with fiendish fuzzy wuzzy. But if you complete your contraption in time, you'll be able to stop Ollie and save Daisy. When I hear Ollie, all I think of is Ollie, Oliver Hardy. Fuzzy wuzzy was a bear. Fuzzy wuzzy had a hair. Fuzzy wuzzy wasn't fuzzy wuzzy. Nice. Well done. Yay! So get a move on already, the manual says. Daisy's counting on you. The object of Blueprint is to accumulate points by finding the parts of your contraption hidden within each neighborhood and successfully placing them in the proper positions on the Blueprint for the contraption. Once the Uh contraption is rebuilt, 
players must use it to stop the pursuit of Daisy Damsel by Ollie Ogre. By doing so, they will score bonus points and uncover clues to the hidden password. You play the hero in the game and begin with three lives. Three solid squares at the bottom of the screen indicate how many of your lives are left. Then you use the joystick to play this. Can you summarize for them how you play this game, Henry? So basically use the joystick and basically use the joystick, you move around and the button you don't use any you don't use a button for anything. Well, you do. Oh yeah, you do when you get past the first several after you, you use, complete you, your contraption you yeah, use it to after you complete your contraption you use the button to shoot it. To shoot the gun. So basically use the you use the um what is it called? Contraption. No. The button? The, joy, the joystick. Yeah, the joystick. You move around your character, and you go into different houses, and if you have a rhyme, you put you have to quickly move around and put, dispose of the bomb in the bomb, in the bomb hole, whatever. The bomb pit. We'll get the to that. The bomb pit. And then, uh, and then you, it's basically a memory game, and you first start it, the pieces of the, pieces of the gun fly out in the different houses and you can see it and basically a uh, memory game but you have to do it in order so yeah long story short as the game begins you watch carefully and see each of the top three components of your contraption travel to one of the ten houses that make up the first neighborhood all the other houses contain deadly bombs as henry said Mm-hmm. To get to the next neighborhood, you have to find the missing parts, no, position them on the blueprint in their proper sequence from the bottom up, and then use your completed contraption to stop Ollie Ogre and save Daisy. There's a little chart in the manual. Neighborhoods increase in difficulty as follows. Can everybody see that in the back? No, because they're all sleeping. Again? They Man. had too much whiskey. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's not my problem. All right. When you enter a house that contains a part, a short victory signal sounds. Use the joystick to maneuver the part down to the blueprint, but remember the parts must be replaced Do in sequence from the bottom of the blueprint up. We'll get there. Yeah. If you pick up a part that you cannot place on the blueprint yet because it is out of sequence, oh, you must I return had a, it. I had a gigantic problem with it. Um, the, so, before we started the intro, we were doing the... Um, the field report and and the part where you play the game don't talk and so I was telling my dad that that I had to sit up close because every time I got a because I didn't know that you could put the pieces that you, you don't need back in the houses that you got it that back in the exact house that you got it from so I, I was restoring it every time I got one that I that I couldn't use, so. And then he explained the direction to me, and then I knew how to do it, so I didn't have to restart it over and over again. Yeah, so if you picked up a part that you can't place on the blueprint yet because it's out of sequence, you have to return that part to the house from which you took it before you can go on, and you can't leave it any place but that house. You only get points for successfully placing them on the blueprint. Oh, you also get points for defusing the bomb. When you enter a house that does not contain a part or return to a house from which you already have taken one, you automatically pick up a bomb. There's a warning signal, and you have a limited amount of time to defuse it. To defuse the bomb, you put, use your joystick to maneuver to the bomb pit in the lower right corner of the screen and drop the bomb directly into the pit. Once it's been defused, you can resume your search. 
If you're attempting to replace a machine part in the house from which you took it and you accidentally enter the wrong house, you don't pick up a bomb. Yellow bombs have a long short, uh, a long fuse, meaning that it takes longer before they blow up. Blue is medium. There's no, a bomb doesn't stick to one color. It goes from yellow to blue to red and yeah. then blows and if, up. If it's red, you know it's going to blow up like really quick. Yeah. Uh, one game, I was... I was like so close. If I had like another half a second, I would have got it, but it blew up. Every neighborhood has its own fuzzy wuzzy, a troublesome little fellow who was once in was love with bear. Daisy. Of course, Daisy never returned his affections. Uh, yeah, that's life for you. And as a result, Fuzzy now wanders around the neighborhood, getting in your way and making life difficult. And just, blowing you just up. Just like kids. Haha. <laughs> I'm not here. And oh, sorry. Your kid pot and your puppy kid. My puppy kid is here too. If he should get a hold of you, regardless of whether you have a part, a bomb or uh, a part or a bomb or are empty-handed, you forfeit a life. The moment you complete your contraption, the start button at the lower left corner of the screen turns green. Press it, and you will activate the contraption. You don't press it; you run over. Cause it. the number screen to disappear. Use the joystick to move your contraption back and forth along the bottom of the screen. The meter in the upper right corner indicates at what power level your contraption is set at. Push up on the joystick to set your gun power level before pressing down on the red button to release a shot. I did that, but it went the same way. The lower the gun power level, the slower the bullet speed. But the higher the bonus point value for hitting Ollie. Only one bullet can be fired at a time. You can't ever hit Daisy by accident, which would be most unheroic. If you hit Ollie, he'll be knocked out cold, and you've saved Daisy. Bonus points are scored based on the neighborhood completed and the gun power level. And then you go on to the next neighborhood. If you, as, you, as you save Daisy throughout the first eight levels, you uncover the letters to the hidden blueprint password. We didn't hang around that long to find this out. But I didn't survive that long. That's what time. happens. This is no small feat as it requires perfect mastery of the intricacies of blueprint. The password is your key to exciting new surprises from CBS Electronics. I don't know actually know what the password reveals. I'm guessing it's just names of other games that CBS Electronics made. If anyone's gotten that far in this game... Let us know what you if actually find out. If you've for in the game, he's an absolute hacker and genius. I will guarantee you, Henry, there are people listening who have gotten that far in this game. How? You can't. It it goes in the houses. Um, when I was playing, I was I pushed up on a joystick. I pushed like directly up, like it was like perfectly straight up. Well, it went to the left. We only played it for a little bit. Some people have played this a lot, so I'll bet if we got better, we could probably do it. It's the game and the joystick. You can barely move the joystick, which causes the game to malfunction and turn the wrong way. As you go from house to house searching for the missing parts, you can use the red button of your joystick to increase your speed of movement. Hold down the button to speed up, lift up to return to normal speed. This feature stays in effect for each neighborhood until you activate your completed contraption. You only have a limited amount of speed to use per life. If you deplete your supply, the neighborhood background color changes as follows. I didn't notice this either, I guess. What? The background is green. All systems are go. You will have plenty of juice. Yellow uh, means proceed with caution. You're, dip- you're dipping into your reserves. And red says, too late. You're out of gas. I didn't... I didn't notice any of that, Henry. No. Your speed level will be automatically recharged to the next highest level every time you successfully position a machine part on your blueprint. Yeah. If you begin a neighborhood and manage to complete your oh, contraption and knock off Ollie... Oh, that's why I was always dying for nothing. Yeah. If you succeed and get Ollie without losing a life, you get bonus time. 
If you do lose a life while playing in a neighborhood that had bonus time added to it, you begin your next life on the same level but without the bonus time. When you lose a life, you witness your ascent to its heavenly reward, and you're reminded of how many lives you have left. A life can be lost in a bomb explosion, in an encounter with Fuzzy Wuzzy, when Ollie Was Ogre finally gets hold of Daisy Damsel. Your next life starts on the neighborhood already in progress. Any part that was in transit when the previous life was lost is returned to the house from which it was taken, and Ollie begins chasing Daisy all over again. If you complete the contraption but you fail to stop Ollie in time and lose a life, your new life starts on the neighborhood display screen. You'll have to press start button again in order to reactivate your contraption. The game ends when you valiantly lose your last life in an effort to save Daisy from the clutches of Ollie Odor. The score is displayed on the top of the screen throughout the game. Point values range from basically 25 points for defusing a bomb, 100 points for placing a part on the blueprint, and bonus points range from 200 to 1,000. There is a two-player version, there isn't is. there? Oh, I didn't realize that. Today. Basically, you alternate turns. Well. Strategy hints. Here's some ideas we can use next time, Henry. Save your speed supply for times when you'll really need it, like maneuvering through the houses on the upper blocks. How do you do that? Or when you unexpectedly pick up a bomb with a short fuse. How do you save your speed supply? Don't hit, was it to increase the speed? Was it to press the button? I don't know. Maybe don't do that as much. Once you pick up a part, you'll be able to avoid Fuzzy Wuzzy by ducking into any nearby house. As long as you have the part, you won't be able to pick up anything else. And the final strategy suggestion is Blueprint is most of all, like you said, Henry, a memory game. Younger players, that's you, as well as the absent-minded ones, that's me, might find it easier to play as a team. One member moves to the houses while the other member keeps track of where they've already been. That's it. Yeah. Unless you want to read the uh, 90-day warranty. No. And that is how you play Blueprint. Yay! All right. Blueprint was developed by Ashby Computers and Graphics, licensed to Bally Midway. The arcade game, of course, is what we're talking about. Published by CBS Electronics for the 2600, 5200, and Commodore 64. Atari Protoss observed, as we've said already, that Blueprint is a game of memorization. It's a great game, Atari Protoss says, that sports an excellent mix of strategy, memorization, and fast action. The 2600 version loses a bit of the graphical eye candy that the arcade game had, but the gameplay is solid and mostly intact. The 2600 version had a contest associated which was yeah, very similar mostly intact. Had a contest associated with it which was very similar to the Solar Fox contest. After completing the game, the player is presented with the secret word teal pen, T E A L P E H N, which was supposed to be a hint to an upcoming CBS game, which is what I told you I thought it probably was. Teal pen can either be unscrambled as the plane, a possible hint to the unreleased game Wings, or an, as Elephant, which doesn't seem to fit any known CBS game, released or otherwise. The mystery behind the meaning of the cryptic words continues to this day, although I'll bet you there's somebody out there who knows the answer. So yeah. again, please let us know. If it, if it was either the plane or Elephant, it would probably be the plane. Maybe. 8-Bit Central says the game is nice-looking with vibrant color and seemingly interesting premise in arcade. As arcade themes go, I've never been a huge fan of maze games, and it's not the most exciting game I've ever played on this 5200. Um, I've never played the 5200 version, although it looks kind of cool. That's a screenshot of what this game would look like on an Atari 5200. Mm -hmm. What do you think? What do you guys think? Well, they had too much beer. (laughs) Okay. Um, all right, well, after the break, we've got the blueprint 
for fun. Alright, just let me check here. We have our prints and they are blue. Uh-huh. I guess that means we're ready to play this game, huh? Yeah. Alright, let's do it. I don't like this game. No, 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 no. You have to play it first and then you can say you don't like it. I already did play it. No, you didn't. Shh. You didn't Never hear that. Never mind. We're playing it now for the first time, right? Yeah. Alright, let's do it. First thing I notice is blueprint is really colorful. The ogre reminds me of some cartoon character. Does he look familiar to you, Henry? No. I don't know, he looks like something. No, no, what are you doing? So, Henry's in the driver's seat. He just put the uh, nose cone on the missile thing. No, 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 no! Running from the ogre, he's trying to find a house. No, what? I didn't bomb. do that. You went in the house. Oh, yeah, I didn't go in the house. I was pushing straight. He successfully disposed of the bomb. That's good. No, 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 no. No! All these houses kind of look alike except the color. No! Reminds me of very Stepford Wives kind of generic neighborhood. Totally missed the ogre. Why is the ogre so close? What? I didn't do that. What do you mean? Oh, I didn't. You know, the bullet takes a long time. Well, I think it's because your contraption isn't done yet. Yes, it is for this one. What do you think of the look of this game, Henry? It's terrible. Why? What's wrong with it? It sucks. Why? No! Are you kidding me? Mr. Ogre Man needs to chill out. Henry's not a fan of ogres. No. Do you want to try it again? No. <laughs> All right then, back to you in the studio. Hey everyone, this is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Cart by Cart podcast. Do you like Atari? Of course you do. What about the 8-bit computer line? It was one of the best. Well, how about you consider joining Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review the cartridge-based games for Atari's 8-bit computer line. 
we also review budget games which are mostly released only in the UK. But that's not all. We also dig up game history, share personal experiences, and perform questionable comedy. You'll get all of that and for free just by listening to us on either iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's x-e-g-s, the number 8, bit.com. And when you're done listening, please send us your hate mail, because we really need the feedback so we know someone is tuning in. Hey, it's me, Bill, your host, the guy you've been listening to this whole episode. Do you enjoy the stories I write and read to you every week on this podcast, but you feel like you just need a break from my voice? I get it. My family does sometimes, too. Here's an option. Some of the stories from the show are now collected in a volume titled Misery Banana, Very Short Stories Inspired by Old Games and Odd Thoughts. You can order it wherever you like to order books. I hope you'll check it out. Thanks. So here's the thing about Blueprint. Do we like Blueprint? No. Why not? Because one, the graphics are horrible, and two, it doesn't it moves in the wrong direction of where you actually want it to move. Now, Henry, you've yeah. played a fair number of Atari games with me, right? Yeah. Compared to those games, why are these graphics any worse? It looks like an amateur programmer made this. I have no idea what amateur means. I actually, I actually think the graphics look pretty good for early 1980s. Okay. Um, the houses look nice. The characters look are are well rendered. Pixelated. Um, well, yeah, because it's a computer program. Computer programs are pixelated. It's called animated. Well, we played combat a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Compared to combat, do you really think this is any worse? I know. Looking? I forgot what combat. Combat was super basic. And it was tanks that didn't look anything like tanks. Oh, yeah. So, compared to that, this game is like, whoa. I think it looks a lot like an arcade game. Um, I get that it loses a little bit from the arcade version, and I don't know that, that I ever played it in an arcade. Not the, um, not the arcade that we played at the, the last... Um, when we went to Happy Joe's? No. Or Chuck E. Cheese? No. The, la- the last vendor fair that, that you went to. Oh, at uh, QuadCon. Yeah. Uh, they had a couple no. arcade games, didn't they? Oh, yeah, they? QuadCon. And, uh, and Midwest Gaming Classic, we played some video games, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this the Blueprint isn't that. But at the same time, I think the colors look good. I think the game looks good. I think it's kind of a fun Wait. game. Wait. Hold up. All right, are we, are hold we up, going everybody. Going to Midwest Gaming Classic. Uh, to to be announced. We'll decide that later. Are we going to? We'll decide that later. If we are going to, if, go there so and try to find us so and buy one of his books so he can make an <laughs> autograph. It's story time. Atari Bites. Yes, it's story. Story, story, story time. With Bill. All right, Henry. This is the story time, story portion of the episode. Do you have a story to share with the listeners? Improv. Oh, this ought to be interesting. Okay, so. This new programmer... This is the first time this 
this new program or something. And so we got on his computer and went typey, typey, typey. And he made this game. Since he was a noob and this was his first time, and this was his first time ever programming anything, and he was five, it looked like this. And it the like control, what? it looked like, it looked terrible. Oh, okay. And the controls were terrible. And everybody hated it. And so he never made it any, so he never programmed again in his life. Until, until after college when he got a degree in programming, then he made absolutely good game. Okay. The end. That's it? Yeah. That's your story? Yeah. Okay. Out of drum roll. Out of... Whenever, I don't, I don't whenever I'm on your podcast, you you need to add a drum roll before all of my stories because you're the best. I don't know that that was really a drum drum roll story, Henry. Yes, it was. Uh, well, well... In my eyes, it we'll was. We'll decide that in the post-production part of the production. All right. My story is titled, Transcript of Witness Testimony, The People vs. Barnaby Builder. Jeez, that's what. Bailey No Mercy, Prosecutor. Please state your name. Carl Contraption. Carl Contraption. Court Reporter. Was that Carl Contraception? Contraption. No, Contraption. C-O-N-T-R-A-P-T-I-O-N. But I'm a big believer in the other. Judge. The jury will disregard the witness's wink at the court reporter. Proceed, Miss No Mercy. No Mercy. Mr. Contraption, do you own your own business in town? Contraption. I do. Neighborhood Contraption Service and Supply. Been there about 17 years. Sell you anything you need to build anything you want. No Mercy. Well, we're interested today, today in one specific build. Are you familiar with Barnaby Builder? Contraption. Sure. Regular customer. No mercy. Is he in the courtroom today? Contraption points. No mercy. Let the record show the witness has pointed to the defendant, Barnaby Builder. Mr. Contraption, on the afternoon of August the 4th, did you sell Mr. Builder the parts to an ogre outrager? Brand Contraption. Contraption. Sure did. One of our best sellers. No mercy. What does the ogre outrager do? Contraption. Well, when the parts of the contraption are assembled in the correct sequence, a green power button appears and allows the user to fire bullets at a target. No mercy. What sort of target? Contraption. Could be anything. No mercy. Humans? Contraption. That's not what our products are intended for. No mercy. Ogres? Contraption. Again, not what the outrager is for. No mercy. But ogre is right there in the name. Contraption. Poetic license. The ogre on the box is clearly a cartoon. No mercy. Can anyone purchase the device? Contraption. We don't turn anyone away. No mercy. And can anyone assemble the device? Contraption. If they have the blueprints, sure. No mercy. Did Mr. Builder have the blueprints? Contraption. Yep, it's bundled with the contraption. No mercy. Is the ogre outrager a lethal device? Contraption. Well, it's for shooting targets. No mercy. But if those targets were, say, ogres, using the contraption would kill them, wouldn't it? Contraption. But that's not what I sell contraptions for. They're fun.
No mercy. Sir, there's an exploding ogre on the box. Contraption. A cartoon ogre. No mercy. Why did you sell Mr. Builder the contraption? Contraption. He was a paying customer. No mercy. Did he tell you why he wanted it? Contraption. I didn't ask. No mercy. An ogre had been seen in the vicinity of your shop's neighborhood, hasn't it? Scaring people, slashing tires, using all the paper towels in the convenience store bathrooms, and eating all the beef jerky. Contraption. I heard something about that, yeah. No Mercy holds up Exhibit 2. No Mercy. Do you recognize this t-shirt? Contraption. Maybe. No Mercy. This is the t-shirt Mr. Builder was wearing the day of August 4th when he purchased the Ogre Outrager at your store, assembled it, and activated it. Would you read the writing on the shirt, please? Contraption. Send all the ogres into orbit. And there's an ogre sitting on a rocket and blasting into space. No mercy. What do you think that means? Contraption. Um, encouraging more ogres to apply to the space program? No mercy. I think it means Mr. Builder had it out for ogres. Contraption. I don't know that that's true. Builder. No, it totally is. Judge. The defendant will refrain from interrupting. No mercy. And Mr. Contraption, despite the defense animus toward ogres, you sold him that contraption. Contraption. I didn't ask what he was going to do with it, and he never said, Builder, no, I totally said I was going to obliterate some ogres. Judge, I am warning you, Mr. Builder. Contraption. Well, he didn't say it was this ogre. Builder. But I showed you my membership card from the Order of Ogre Ostracizers organization. Leslie, get him off. Defense attorney. Your Honor, I give up. Jury Foreman. Can we just find him guilty right now? Judge. Looks like we'll be out of here by lunch. Builder. Can I get an ogre omelet? Leslie, get him off. Stop talking. And that's our show. Thanks to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. Thanks to Mike Mann for the Mad Mike Hughes theme. Thanks to Sean Tortney for the Storytime theme. Thanks to Henry for hanging out for the podcast one more time. You can find Atari Bytes on many podcatchers, but make sure you go to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. Do it. Do I need to draw you a map? Or, you know, a blueprint? Email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the show on our Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at Atari Bytes. Or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. Also look us up on Instagram. And now you can call and leave a voicemail. Neither Henry or I are going to answer the phone. But you can call and leave a message at 56... I can't answer the phone. Good point, Henry. I'm not going to answer it either, though. Mm-hmm. 563-265-1978. Make sure to check it's out the web... 2019. What? It's 2019. Yes, thank you, Henry. But the phone number is 1978. Oh. Check out the new website, www.carnivalofgleecreations.com, for information and links to this show, social media, uh, episodes, information about the other podcast I do called It's a Podcast, Charlie Brown, a monthly show about all things related to Snoopy and Charles Schultz and comics and TV shows and on and on and on. The website also has information about books that I've written, including Misery Banana, Very Short Stories, inspired by Old Games and Odd Thoughts, a collection of very short stories, and also In the Saint Nick of Time, which is a Santa Claus story for adults that you might want to check out, especially given the time of year that we're in. 
please consider supporting the show financially by making a donation on the Atari Bytes Patreon page, like Michael Tyler and Jose Gazeta. Thanks, guys. Let's see. We talked about his podcast, Charlie Brown, already. And now I guess all that's left is to tell you what we're doing next time on Atari Bytes. Next week on the show, it is our 200th episode. So we're doing something special. It's a surprise. I've done this 200 weeks, not in a row. Uh, I missed one week in 2017, which still bugs me. But otherwise, it's been 200 straight weeks after the next episode. 199. Yes, thank you. 198. So, that's 200, and you missed one week. Back when we did our 100th episode, we played a board game called Centipede, inspired by the video game Centipede. So next week, for the 200th episode, we're playing Missile Command. Why'd you tell them? It was a surprise. <sighs> it's not really a surprise. Yes, it is. All right. I'll edit all that out. So next time on the podcast, uh, our 200th episode. Was the 100th episode a surprise? I don't remember. Oh, well. You know, I'm confusing myself. So, you know what? I'm just leaving all this in, and I'm just telling you. We're playing Missile Command, the board game, next week. Whatever. On the podcast uh, in commemoration of our 200th episode. No story, just good old family fun um, annihilating humanity with nuclear missiles. So that would be a good time. Happy! Don't know who will be on the show yet, uh, except me. I'll be there. Wait, isn't it a two-player game? Uh, We'll figure that out. Um, So, until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you. And cut. Thank you.